0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com.
1: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi nujia Today is Wednesday, December 20th. Coming up, Palestinian and Muslim students say UMKC's silence on the war in Gaza is leaving them vulnerable to
0: discrimination. Many students have come to us saying, I don't feel safe on campus. We see what's happening in the news. We see what's happening all around the country. Plus, a report
1: from the U.S. Forest Service concludes over the next 50 years, older trees won't be able to retain as much carbon, Conservationists say that conclusion could lead to more logging.
2: Are we willing to make changes based on what the science is telling us, which is that forests
3: function best when left alone?
1: We'll hear more on the debate over national forests as climate solutions. But first, some headlines. The attorney general of Missouri is suing Jackson County, alleging the county overstated the value of real estate for tax purposes. KCUR's Frank Morris reports the suit comes just as one making similar claims was dismissed by the state Supreme Court.
2: Attorney General Andrew Bailey, a Republican, says Jackson County broke rules evaluating property values and illegally increased property taxes by an average of 30 percent. He's suing to force the county to revisit the reassessment. Meanwhile, the Missouri Supreme Court has dismissed a similar lawsuit filed by taxpayers, A Kansas City homeowner who faced a hefty property tax increase sued, alleging the county missed deadlines and botched the reassessment. It was dismissed because the plaintiff didn't try normal administrative remedies before going to court.
1: The Missouri Supreme Court has also struck down a law that targeted homeless people by criminalizing sleeping on state owned land. Missouri lawmakers passed the provision last year as part of a bill about a completely different subject. The Supreme Court ruled today the law violated the constitutional requirement that legislation be a single subject and adhere to its original purpose. The unanimous ruling is a reversal of a previous Cole County court decision. Fares are going up for some users of public transit in Johnson County. Kyle Palmer reports.
3: Starting January 1st, the county will increase rates for its microtransit service. Riders can book individual microtransit trips on county-owned vans using an app similar to Uber. Service has exploded in popularity in Johnson County with public microtransit rides up more than 400 percent over the past four years. But that has come at a cost, especially as usage of some traditional bus routes has fallen off. Fares for a microtransit ride are going up from $3 to $5 for the first five miles and $2 for every mile after that.
1: We'll be back after this.
0: Oreo is the most famous cookie in the world, but few people remember the product that it blatantly ripped off, a creation of Jacob Luce in Kansas City. Not only was Oreo this copycat of Hydrox, it was also built on the back of the company
1: that Jacob had founded himself.
0: How Kansas City started the cookie wars. Hear the whole story on the podcast, A People's History of Kansas City.
1: Two months into the Israel Hamas war, concerns over Islamophobia and free speech have been playing out on college campuses. At the University of Missouri, Kansas City, pro Palestine activists say they're contending with an unresponsive administration. KCUR's George Russell reports.
2: On a sunny day in November, a group of students took over a central sidewalk on the UMKC main campus. They invited passers-by to take a piece of colorful chalk and write the names of people killed in Gaza. Uh, As you can see here, we're extending from the beginning of the university walkway, probably a good two, maybe a full three blocks, all the way to the Atterbury Success Center. Mahmoud Kutma is a student at the UMKC School of Medicine and a leader of the campus chapter of Students for Justice in Palestine. Over the course of four hours, the chalk list grew nearly 200 feet long, representing just a fraction of the 18,000 Palestinian lives lost. Since the start of the war in October, SJP has been the main student group at UMKC advocating against violence in Gaza. Kutma says they hear a lot of support from their classmates, but like many pro-Palestinian student groups, their relationship with the university is a lot trickier. And they're left in the ambiguous situation of being tolerated, but not exactly protected. So the university as a whole is is neutral. They haven't put out a statement supporting uh, their Palestinian voices and protecting their freedom of speech and ensuring that when they speak out, they won't be reprimanded for it. SJP encountered some unexpected friction while trying to get funding for a panel discussion on Gaza last month. And when they requested the presence of campus police, they were told that money would have to come out of their own budget. UMKC declined interview requests for this story, but said security fees are standard procedure.
0: We sent an invoice by UMKC campus police for two officers for three hours, and that cost us $270, which is 13% of our annual budget.
2: That's Leila Luwaru, an SJP board member. This is the first semester that SJP has been recognized as an official UMKC student group. Members faced difficulty over the years securing a faculty advisor, which they need to receive funding and other resources.
0: There's a lot of misrepresentation that happens when anyone stands up or supports or even associates themselves with caring or supporting Palestinians.
2: UMKC alum Shefa Alan tried to start a chapter back in 2019, but says no professor even responded to her emails. She says the Student Government Association also demanded assurances that SJP wouldn't be involved in violence. Sabrina Amari, a national leader with SJP, says they see that cold shoulder a lot.
0: The general trend of what's happening in universities is that their administrations are not supporting SJP and not talking about the anti-Arab sentiment that is pervading, you know, all of these spaces.
2: Since the war began, some American universities have suspended or banned SJP chapters, including Columbia, Brandeis, Rutgers, and George Washington. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley even called on the Justice Department to investigate pro-Palestine student groups, accusing them of supporting terrorism. The University of Missouri system has not taken a stance, but Kutma says that silence leaves him and other activists vulnerable to discrimination or retaliation. When people call movements like this as anti-Semitic, and I could ro- uh, lose my spot at a residency because of this, that's, uh, that, that's scary to me, and people are just silent about it, including my university. Luara says students are also worried about Islamophobic backlash after a surge of violence across the U.S. A spokesperson said UMKC is committed to the safety of people of all backgrounds and encourages students to express themselves in a non-disruptive manner.
0: Many students have come to us saying, I don't feel safe on campus. We see what's happening in the news. We see what's happening all around the country.
2: Over the last few weeks, SJP board members met with UMKC leaders to talk about mental health and safety. But Luwaru says nothing concrete has come of those talks. Students also accused UMKC of failing to include Muslim or Palestinian voices in a faculty listening session about Gaza. UMKC postponed that event until spring and did not respond to questions about representation.
0: The administration is still staying silent which puts more work and more pressure on us as students to advocate for ourselves and create resources for ourselves.
2: For SJP's part, they're ending their first semester with a new faculty advisor, and members plan to hold more rallies in the new year when students get back to campus. For KCUR 89.3, I'm George Russell.
1: America's forests are one of the cheapest climate change solutions out there. Several estimates show forests capture roughly 13 percent of the nation's carbon emissions each year. But a recent Forest Service report says climate change will lead to forests being net emitters of carbon over the next 50 years. Some environmentalists say that conclusion will lead to more logging and harm climate security. Harvest Public Media contributor Rick Brewer takes us into a national forest.
3: I'm trying not to slip and fall on piles of wet twigs and branches, walking towards a timber harvest deep in northern Michigan's Huron-Manistee National Forest. My guide, Matt Bono, the harvest inspector, gives me the play-by-play after the machine picks up a fully grown jack pine out of the ground like a toothpick. Cuts the trees to a certain length that meets our technical specifications and zips them, debarks them, delimbs them, and then it cuts it to length. And this is just one of thousands of timber harvests that take place all across the Forest Service's 145 million acres nationwide to help create various wood products and pulp. Just how many trees should be harvested on national forests has been a long debate. Now the discussion centers around climate change. Conservationists argue national forests can play an even bigger role in soaking up carbon emissions.
2: When forests reach maturity on federal lands, the knee-jerk reaction is to cut them down.
3: They've reached the peak of
2: their value.
3: Zach Porter is a member of the nationwide coalition Climate Forests. Porter argues forests across the Midwest and Northeast have not been allowed to reach their full maturity because the U.S. has been caught in a logging cycle for centuries.
2: Are we willing to make changes based on what the science is telling us, which is that forests
3: function best when left alone? But science is at the heart of this debate. The Forest Service isn't convinced older trees will continue to hold as much carbon in the long term. Every 10 years, the Forest Service files a report on the state of national forests. And this year's study included 50-year carbon projections. A representative from the Forest Service wasn't made available to discuss the report. But it concludes that climate-induced stress will lead to older trees releasing more CO2 than younger ones, over the next five decades. Carolyn Ramirez is a staff scientist with the Natural Resources Defense Council in Chicago. She says this conclusion could lead to more logging and further harm climate security.
1: While they didn't make management prescriptions in this report, it's very influential on forest service directives. And that they will be carbon emitters suggests that we need to have younger forests and that we need to be cutting down a lot of the older stuff.
3: The Forest Service says that older trees are not more resilient to climate-caused stress than younger ones. A spokesperson wrote that if strategic thinning does not take place, forests will be more vulnerable to wildfires and could lead to harmful changes to forest ecosystems. Ramirez sees this differently. She says the science is clear, that mature and old growth forests are more resilient. She also says logging releases lots of carbon.
1: The Forest Service traditionally underestimates carbon emissions from logging, but when You cut down a tree, and you have to move it somewhere, and you process it into something, you're losing a lot of that carbon.
3: The Forest Service says they thin forests not just for timber or reducing wildfire risk, but to keep forests healthy. After tromping through a section of the Huron Manistee National Forest that was logged several years ago, Forest Service silviculturist Keith Conan explained this area was thinned to reduce stress on trees by giving them more space. And what it does, what that does is focus uh, available resources such as light, water, nutrients to the residual remaining trees that are left there. And that reduces competition, it increases growth. At the end of the day, the timber industry and logging trends are driven by market demands, not official forest management plans, according to Chad Papa. He's a Ph.D. candidate in the Department of Forestry at Michigan State University. Estimates show over 50 percent of the nation's forests are privately owned.
0: And so by not harvesting someplace, you're most likely just pushing that harvest off to another place instead. And so the net effect is essentially the same.
3: Papa says the Forest Service and these conservationists agree more than they think. They both recognize that national forests are a space for climate solutions, but a path forward will likely have a few stumps in the road. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Rick Brewer.
1: Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains based at KCUR. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujiadeen. This podcast is produced by Anna Schmidt and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read George's story on the Israel-Hamas conflict in UMKC and Rick's story on forests and climate change, visit KCUR.org. Thanks for listening and I'll see you soon.